Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm with Total Auto Solutions. You can find me at Total Auto Solutions on most platforms. TikTok is at Detail Supply App. Uh, or the best way to get in touch with me is 918-800-1188. Just shoot me a text. I'm joined today with Greg Masterson's. We are talking industry vibes. You can find Greg at Masterson's Car Care on TikTok is where you like yeah. to go, right? That's uh, You've done extremely well. We're going to dive into all the different stuff that you're doing on TikTok and how you diversify. You can also find Greg at Masterson's Wax on uh, most other platforms like Instagram and Facebook or uh, the best way to get in touch with you. Give them your number again, Greg, uh, oh, if people want to reach out to you. Give me a call if you guys want to reach out to me. Give me a call direct 562-335-2053. Give you tips on business uh, and taking your detailing business to the next level. Give me a call today. Love it, Greg. Love it. Um, so what we do in uh, Industry Vibes is uh, there's always this brief moment where you and I get to go through and just chat about things that we're seeing in the industry. So anything uh, that's popped out that's kind of been uh, showing you over the way the industry you've seen over the past week? Anything that's that's jumped out? Uh, nothing really. Just uh, to me, I've noticed that the industry uh, is starting to click back on a little bit harder now. You know, But I've also noticed... A lot of players have left the game. A lot of players that were running detailing companies that were not uh, running good marketing, were not running good advertising, they kind of fell off the planet. There's a couple brands that I just don't see anymore. And I don't know where they went. They just- Interesting, poof, isn't it? Yeah, it's gone. So, so you know, it, it's actually a great time. I personally like it because I've noticed with the world and with business that we're getting, it, it's, it's like what I call the reset of business. It's kind of, I've kind of been waiting for this for a long time where all the businesses that suck are just going away and all the businesses that were just kind of holding on and, and, and they weren't really producing profit or they weren't producing growth. They're just gone. And out here in California, it's extremely crazy, not just with detailing, but just in businesses with in general is that a lot of businesses are closing. And those businesses just weren't profitable. They weren't sustaining business. And now in California, you have all of these properties just opening up to, to, to have a business, to start a business. Um, and then the price of properties is lowered. So it's allowing businesses to expand or new businesses to come in. And the main thing is the new businesses to come in. That's what I really want. I wanna see new businesses come in and replace these businesses that suck. I'll give you a good example, man. Right where I, 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 get, I go to a Costco. Costco, you know, ain't going anywhere. <laughs> and so right next to Costco, right, was a, a Toys R Us, okay? Oh, As we yeah. know, Toys R Us, right? But this building was freaking gigantic. It was huge. I mean, Toys R Us's infrastructure was just crazy large. It was it was big. I think their infrastructure was like as big or bigger than Walmart's. You know, they were big. And uh, this place is now not a Toys R Us. It's a Amazon grocery store. And it's one of the first I've seen. Yeah, Amazon grocery store. They have a couple of them, but this one is in Orange County, California, Fullerton. 
and uh, uh, they're they're not open yet. It's coming soon, cool. right? Cool. And, so and definitely, you're seeing throughout just not only locally but also online as to have all different new businesses and old businesses going yeah. away. Yeah, going away. You know what I mean? And and I'm very excited to see these new stores come out. These new products, these new innovations, new, new, new. It's it's so good for me. It because last week we were talking about ideas and it just opens up more ideas when other people get great ideas and they're having great success with it. I love seeing that. So that's what I'm really excited for. What about you, man? What have you noticed out in the industry? Uh, I saw I set in on so there's a new platform that's uh, evolving that um, I set in on some stuff where I was listening to uh, dealerships talk about the new uh, commercial that's going to come out from vroom.com. And so many of these uh, dealer principals and people that were at dealerships or worked around dealerships. Oh, and we were on Clubhouse. If you've gotten on Clubhouse yet, it's it's an audio platform uh, that allows people to create, you know, a lot of it's Q&A right now. It's really great for Q&A. So uh, Clubhouse would definitely be a great, uh, and we'll talk about it here in a second, of, of ways that people can diversify. Uh, but so I was on Clubhouse listening to, uh, uh, well, Paul Daly. Paul Daly was uh, a, a guy that uh, was at Mobile Tech a couple years ago as one of the main speakers who started a business repairing wheels at a dealership and they grew it so large that it got bought. Now he runs a marketing campaign agency for dealerships to help them with their brand awareness. And so I was chatting in there and I wasn't chatting, but I was just, you know, listening in uh, actually while I was uh, cleaning a car that we were doing uh, videos on. So very diversified, even at that one moment. And these dealers were, were very scared. Right. They were fearful. And it was a lot of resemblance to me of the fear that we had had from just weeks prior when so many brands were fearful and chose not to go to mobile tech. There was this there was this big fear. Right. Like interesting how at the dealer principal level and at the dealerships, you know, they had they had pushed so hard and they've been selling so much. And, you know, they've just been this way for so long that now there's people coming in to disrupt. Right. Vroom disrupted. Uh, Carnivana is disrupting, right? They're going to do stuff that disrupts. And, and then there's certain people that are fearful. So things that's happened that creates fear while, you know, hey, fearful that you, you know, your team and all this of, of going to an expo that Marriott doesn't have the capability to keep you clean, but yet they sell sanitizer to people and say that their sanitizer will keep people clean. So it's interesting how fear, you know, kind of comes out in different forms. Uh, people can use fear to sell, but then they're also fearful themselves. So uh, my, my, that's kind of been my vibe of picking up uh, the, the new platform. It was interesting clubhouse. If you haven't been on it, uh, I will check that out. Yeah. I've set in on a couple of them. Uh, it's invite only, I guess right now. Hopefully someone so we got to find somebody that can send you an invite. I'm out of invites until they send me more. Uh, but, uh, but it, it's fun. I think you'll, you'll, you'll get it. And once you get on, I think we could do some stuff together. It'd be interesting Q and a on, on detailing and how to build business and marketing and stuff like that. So we'll definitely hop into that. <coughs> All right, that but so Rona? today we're talking. Is that a Rona? <laughs> Is that a Rona? Is that a Rona call? <laughs> no. It's not a Ronikov. <laughs> I, I had that after Mobile Tech last year, right? I mean, so uh, many people caught stuff, uh, you know, 
in 2020. We catch stuff every time. Everybody gets together and catches stuff. Yeah. It is what it is. Anyway, uh, the, the idea of diversification is what we're going to talk about today, um, specifically in marketing, how to be diversified in your marketing and why it's important for businesses to be diversified. So, Greg, when, when you think back of, you know, for me, it was early on when I learned diversification. You know, I'll, I'll ask you your story. Mine, mine was as a mobile detailer, and I, I did a, a little story earlier as I was going into a, a teller line at a bank. You know, I, I bought a power washer. And I can only operate that machine during the day as a mobile detailer, right? I just went, listen, going into winters in Oklahoma, there's no, it was just, I could, there, I knew I couldn't survive. So there's plenty of detailers that go or in the Northeast or in different sections where it gets so cold, it's just really hard to survive only detailing. Yeah. So I didn't just be a detailing company. I, I became a company. And so we diversified into power washing concrete, fences, decks, you know, clean, you know, setting up stuff with restaurants, Sonics, things like that to clean, right? Yeah. Still stay in the idea of what I was doing in business and cleaning, but diversifying what I was doing so that I could, well, not only survive, but just grow long-term as a company. It just made sense. Yes. So when, when you first got into business, when did you start thinking, okay, I, I should diversify what I do and not just sell, right? For, for you, it's, hey, I, maybe, you know, now with Masters, I don't need to sell just one product, right? I need to diversify enough that I have a, a line of products that can cover multiple parts of a vehicle and not just one exact product, you know, but you're not going out crazy with all this random shit that, that doesn't make sense, right? It's diversifying, but still staying in your business model. So when did you first start and come to realize, you know, the importance of diversifying? You know, I realized the importance, of, uh, the importance of diversification with business when I started doing waterless detailing. You know, I started okay. doing waterless detailing years ago, and I realized that the best way to get business is to be different, is to do something different that everybody else isn't doing. It has to be, a, you know, the market will create the demand for the service, but the way you provide that service that's where the, the good diversification come in. So for a lot of people, I've talked about this a few times, but when I was 18, 19, 20, I ran a waterless detailing business, profited $100,000 a year, just me working. And I worked part-time. I did all my detailing four hours in the day. I got up at eight and I was done by noon. I started at eight, I was done by noon. I usually got up about 6.30 in the morning and I, I worked from eight to noon and that was it, I was done. And I worked every day except holiday, major holidays and uh, weekends. I worked five days a week. And I still was able to uh, sell $100,000 worth of services just by myself. It was very easy to do. And so the waterless diversification really diversified me out because nobody was doing it at the time. And living in an area that's very environmentally friendly, very um, where people are affluent, the customers are more affluent. They want to do what feels good for them, feels good for the environment, feels good for the times. They want to eliminate water. And I was able to go and wash cars for them through that diversification. When I told high-end car owners that I could come and I could wash their car without any water, and if they wanted to do a, a, a test on it, you know, believe me, come and just get the service. If you don't like the service, I'll give you money back guaranteed. And everybody loved the service, so I kept going with it. Waterless. That's when I realized that the diversification will really open up a lot of um, doors for you because 
it allows you to do things that others aren't doing, but you could still, the cool thing about business, you could still keep doing the stuff you were doing before. I could, I still was able to keep using water when I wanted to, or when I needed to, or when the customer asked me, but it was better for me to use waterless, help diversify out. Uh, the second one, I wrote a couple down here. The second one of, of diversification, I think, is product sales. I tell people this all the time. If you, uh, detailing is a seasonal business, wherever you are. Oh, Washington yeah. Park. Okay. So we'll get in, let's get into suggestions and stuff later. Yeah. 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 Let's do that. But, but for you, when, like, so you, did you, did you have a moment when you decided to become diversified in your product sales? Is that what you were going to say? The product sales, that, that's what my next step was. It was that I realized people were asking me for things that I used and why couldn't I be the one to, to, to provide them with that? Because I was telling people who were asking me, hey, where, you know, you use such, you get great results when you detail, what products do you use? And I would have to tell them where to go get it. And if I told them where to go get it, that fucked me over twice. First of all, the customer would go find it and not come back. Be like, oh, I can do that myself. I'll buy the product. I'll try and do it myself. The, the, they might not get the same result, but it's still, you're still losing that potential sale. The second is, is that um, now that customer um, is, you're turning away a business right there from that customer. That customer, if the customer wanted something and you have the product, you could give it to them. And that's when I started stocking my own products, started stocking products to sell to customers. And I would be able, or even, you know, if I had like a jug, you know, giving them the 16 ounce of the product or selling it to them, you know, 10, 15 bucks, making them a little kit. That's when the diversification started expanding out because I feel like a lot of detailers miss that product sales. They miss it. They, they, they don't, they could be use, utilizing that, but they're not. And yeah, I, started, I mean, cause it gets into a lot of stuff they don't know. I mean, you know, selling a product, then they have to get a sales tax permit and then they've got to file their sales tax. I mean, it's, it's a lot of stuff that maybe they're just not, and I would say that's a good reason why many of them don't and, or maybe shouldn't, you know, you could get into a lot of legal, but you're right. I mean, that's a, that's a great way. I eventually did that too. Right. You know, so it's not that somebody shouldn't it just, there are some cautions though, you know, with sales tax and stuff like that, that they need to definitely make sure to, to watch out for. I believe there's, there's, there's necessities with any business actually. And that's why a lot of the times when I talk about business or business structuring and people, I leave a lot of stuff out like, like insurance or like cash register or payment processing or overhead for your building or, or, you know, tax S corping LLC. All these things are stuff you have to do no matter what, whether you're running a hot dog stand or you're Donald Trump running like a million hotels, right? It's, you have to do it either way. So that's why a lot of the times, you know, when we talk on business programs like this, I leave a lot of that stuff out <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I don't mention it because you got to do it either way. But, um, that the, the sales tax collecting sales tax, I actually feel super easy compared to running a car wash in California. You have to have like a million permits for a car wash. And if you're a detailer and you use water, you actually have to have a bunch of permits for using water. And that's where the diversification of waterless came. Because um, what happened was, is that I actually knew a detailer and he got, he was detailing in a, in a city called Laguna Beach. 
and he had he was detailing it with water and the city came up and said excuse me where's your water collection mat and if, if anybody's listening to that they don't know what it is the big mat you drive your car on and it collects your water and you could suck it back up with a vacuum and store it and dispose of it later on he said he didn't have one and he said okay i'm going to give you a warning but if they get caught again without your mat it's a ten thousand dollar fine well a month later he thought oh it's been a month they're not going to notice he went back and the guy caught him again, $10,000 fine. Now I knew about that. And so I started washing waterless. And one time that happened to me in Los Angeles, came to me, hey, uh, I need your uh, permits for car washing. I said, no, 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 I'm not a car washer. I'm a car detailer. We don't use, we don't wash here. We only clean. And he was kind of confused when I said that. I was like, look, we don't use any water. There's no tank. This is this right here is not water. It's waterless wash solution, and it it got it. What it ended up doing is it ended up getting around all of the um, permitting that you need to wash a car. You only need business permitting now, and you're a cleaning service. You're not a washing service. So that's also that's, one of the great ways. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a great story. I I think it's interesting that there's many brands that don't teach diversification, right? And I say that specifically because, you know, we're we're live now and detailing for money. And and I have posts that happened last year that, well, brand reps for multi-layer coding companies specifically said in comments of my post that if you do wholesale, basically, and if you diversify from the way they teach, then it's bad business. So I like hearing stuff like that. And I'm encouraged to know that you also choose diversification because you choose business long-term. It's yeah. not about just listening to one person's point of view. It's actually about diversifying so that you, the owner, can choose what's best for you. Now, maybe a certain coding and a certain brand works for you, no problem. But listen to what the reps are saying. You know, diversification actually is very important. 2020 proved it absolutely proved it because like you said there's many companies now that are out of business because they did not diversify right they might not have saw diversification enough earlier and so then once that <laughs> once that came down listen it is many of them were gone so it's actually very important no matter if detailers that are listening of just getting started or wanting to get started or they've been in it 5 10 15 years the ones that I've been in it for a long period of time, most likely have learned to diversify or they found themselves just stuck in a shop with a polisher and they haven't really grown a business. So diversification happens when we open our minds to ideas and begin to, you know, go after that. There's that's called creativity, right? That's as business owners, we must have a creative mindset and not be narrow focused in just somebody's point of view that, they say that we should run our company as, right? Yeah. Yeah. So diversification and marketing is where the cool part happens for detailers. Why? Because there's never been a time like today with the amount of platforms that you, I, anybody that owns a business can use to diversify their marketing. So let's go into some platforms, right? What are, what's been the ones, the platform, social media that you have used and then what are the one, what's the one that's, you know, the hottest for you now, right? Okay. You know, I've actually used all social medias. I was actually right. one of the first detailers. A lot of people talk about this. I was one of the first detailers making videos on YouTube. 
when it when when YouTube first allowed monetization. When YouTube allowed monetization, I was one of the first people to sign up. When everybody else wasn't signing up because they were afraid to run ads, I was like, run it. We're gonna run it. And now YouTube says we're gonna run ads on your account, whether you like it or not, whether you're getting paid or not, you're you're getting ads. Yeah. And I, I was there to run it. And uh, you know, I've run Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, Instagram, everything. I mean, all, all of them. Um, D, um, DTube. I don't know if you know what DTube is. No, DTube, I haven't heard of it. DTube is another like it's like a YouTube competitor, but huh. it rewards viewers with Bitcoin. Ooh. Through 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 through. Hey, uh, through. I finally diversified and got Bitcoin. I was just way too fucking late. It was at like thirty four thousand or something. I was like fucking no, you're so cool. stupid. You're all right. When I bought, I've, I've bought Bitcoin all the way when it was a thousand dollars, all the way up to when it stupid. was eighteen. And even when I bought it eighteen, people were like, "You're dumb." But then. Look where it is now. See, it's I know. still going up. I know. I kept saying, get it, get it, get it. And I finally, I used Robinhood the other day, the Robinhood app. And I finally was like, fuck it, I got to do it. Yeah, so, yeah, you got to do it. That's so good. so what other platforms? Uh, the best one, number one, I think, TikTok right now, TikTok by far. TikTok, number one, uh, you get the most- Why? It's, it's because of the algorithm, I believe, on how your uh, natural content gets sent out there. When you when TikTok or sorry when Instagram and YouTube first released, your content used to be pushed out there in front of people's eyes at a much higher rate, and they weren't right. being selective and they weren't being as picky about who they're putting out there, who's paying the money. They were just throwing everybody out there to build. And what ended up happening was is that TikTok actually puts people's videos and content out there at a harder rate they, they push it out there and it gives whatever you're doing more power to reach out to more followers tiktok uh and where are you at on instagram compared to tiktok now or okay. facebook compared I've, to I've those, had right because instagram was huge we did in 2019 we said it's the year to be on instagram 2019 uh, really 2018 i apologize 2018. i thought i, I would have yeah. thought i think instagram the year to be on instagram was 2014. I think it's that old, you know, like, like that, that I feel like I don't get traction on Instagram because nobody is actually getting traction on Instagram. Instagram is actually a very old platform. They invited all of the innovators down to Washington DC, like a little while back. They did not invite Mark Zuckerberg. Why? Because Facebook wasn't an innovation. It's too old. Everybody on Facebook's old as shit. All right. And, 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 and so all of the innovation is going on with TikTok. <laughs> TikTok is the number one innovation. On and I'm, I'm with you. We pushed yeah. hard for TikTok late last year and, and yeah. even through the summer. And I, and I but you say Facebook is old and I, I totally get it on the age. Like, but, but there's still a lot of marketing to be done on Facebook, right? Yeah. We talked last week about marketing and Facebook groups. Yes, there is. There is a lot. There is a lot of, of marketing to be done through Facebook. I believe there is. But so I why not focus? Why why do all of them instead of just one or two? Right? Why yeah. why not just excel and be um, the most amazing at correction and coding? Right? Why why go and do all the other types of business? Okay. So same theory. Why? Why not just focus on your Instagram account or your Facebook account? Why have all of them together? Why be so diversified? You want to be diversified because you want 
to spread your word. You want to spread your message. The more platforms that you use, the more platform or the more people that you can reach, because there are some people that don't um, that don't use Twitter or that don't use Facebook. They only use Instagram or they maybe only use TikTok or some people that use Facebook don't use TikTok. So you have to post on all of these platforms in order to get your voice out. And that's one of the reasons like Donald Trump focused it a lot on Twitter. And to be honest, Donald Trump actually should have focused on all of them, right? And, 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 and his message, whatever, whatever the message was, could go out there further. But then when they cut Donald Trump off Twitter, it's like his message went zero. It went from like 100 to nothing. At least if he was diversifying his platform, okay, they cut him off Twitter. It's okay. My Facebook will still be running. But big companies smart people know about diversification. That's why the other companies started trying to, uh, you know, remove Donald Trump accounts because they knew it will, it will eventually diversify. But if he diversified at the beginning, he would have been able to gain more followers in those. And that works for the business as well. Whether you're, you're you have a business, if one of your platforms disappears, what are you going to do? It was a free platform. You can't really say, Hey, I was paying for that platform. Well, but a lot of, so that was a big thing in the Instagram is it started to, those numbers started to fall, right? Yes. Hey, why'd my followers fall? Why'd my views fall? Well, you, it's a free platform. Well, you can't. Yeah, 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 you can't really do anything. And so the platforms will always change. Just like the, 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 the TV was the radio and the, the iPhone is the new TV, you know? And what's going to be the new iPhone? When, when that, something's going to come out and then we have to change to that new platform. And we can't make excuses because I know there's a lot of people watching this that are probably 30, 40, 50. And they say, oh man, well, I can't learn to use that platform. Well, guess what? We all learned how to use that platform. Mm -hmm. And nobody knew how to use TikTok three years ago, two yep. years ago. Nobody, everybody learned that on the quick. So my biggest thing for diversification, my biggest tip is when a new platform comes out, get the fuck on it. Get the fuck on it. Get the Just fuck on it out. Play yeah. on it. Spend time. Um, and here's here's where a lot of people say, right? Time, Greg. You know it takes a incredible amount of time to put in the energy. First of all, to learn a platform, and then to be relevant on it, it takes incredible amount of time. Mm -hmm. And so, if somebody isn't willing to diversify their own personal time to invest into learning, mm -hmm. wow you know, it, it might be hard to fully go and, you know, use all the different platforms, which might be why some detailers are only specific on one or two platforms. They yeah. haven't actually diversified their own personal time enough to allow their company to evolve into more. Now, let's go through some diversifications in the marketing on the platforms, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the easy one to start with is that uh, if, if you are only doing a 50-50 shot, right? Or if you're only doing a, here's my this, right? Yes. Then why is that bad or good? If you're going to say it's good, cool. I'll, I'll have an argument with you on that. Yeah. Uh, so good or bad, and what's an alternative form, right? What's, what's a... What's a different way of marketing instead of doing the same picture or the same 50 50 or the same car in the exact spot, you know, the same yeah. thing over and over, you know, you got to change it up. 
And the thing about that is I actually, I actually think if you're building content every day, you will actually naturally diversify because you'll get, you'll, you'll think to yourself, damn, I took a picture like that yesterday. I made a post like that yesterday. It's always yesterday. If you're doing it on a daily basis, when diversification stops happening is when on social media is when the poster stops posting and they, they, they go a week between posting or seven days between posting. It's like a huge time, eight, 10 days. And then what ends up happening is they post something similar to what they posted last time. And then they get the same pictures, the same posts, the same repeats. But if you would just post every single day over and over and over again, I feel diversification will just naturally come because how many ways it's like, Oh, when people have one, like people have Instagrams for their cars and then they take pictures of their cars. It's the same car over and over again, but because they're posting so many pictures, they're like, dang, I already took a front picture. Let me take a back one. Oh, yesterday I took a back. Let me take a side. I've taken too many sides. Let me take a wheel. You know, oh, oh, the wheel I took yesterday. Let me take the engine because they're doing it every day. They're reminded of what they did yesterday. You know, right. yesterday, uh, you know, I did this yesterday. I got to do this today. And I feel like divers diversification will naturally come. If yeah, and I, I would say, yeah, if, if they'll go evolve into the other platforms, right? You yeah. can't be on Instagram. We've said this over and over and everybody will too. It's an easy one to pick off of, right? You can't go on Instagram and post the same way that you post on TikTok or the same that you would on LinkedIn or the same that you would on Facebook. Yeah. Um, especially, <laughs> excuse me, especially on TikTok right? You, you've got to do it different and you've got to be able to change your stuff. So you can't just share your TikTok over to your Instagram. Instagram hates that. The Correct. algorithm kills it. So yes. there's you there. The creativity has to happen. And I think that they're, they're just, it's, it's hard for everybody to learn. I think yeah. the, the, like I said, the diver, diversification of our own time to be able to sit down and learn it all and understand it becomes very difficult. So as, as we guide ourselves through, right, as that's what we do, we're, we're helping the industry guide on marketing, how to diversify what they do. So there's three things I want to go over real quick that I've learned, I think, and that you're, you're doing, right? I think this is a joint thing. Uh, the first is that we should be eye-catching right? There's no doubt that anybody that watches what Masterson's Car Care or Greg Masterson's does could ever say it's not eye-catching. Mm -hmm. Now, you're eye-catching on different, different platforms in different ways, right? Yeah. People that are in this group detailing for money as they listen, they have an opinion on the way that you have yeah. put yourself out there. Yeah, right. Yeah. They're actually, they're actually so picky about that, that everybody listening to the group, they actually banned me from this group because I was too um, attention grabbing. The, the, the moderator of this group got so angry that I was grabbing more attention. Hey, now careful, you're going to get me banned. Careful I know, now. right? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's because I came into this group and was posting so much attention grabbing content that my posts were getting bumped to the top. And they were trying to tell me, stop posting too much attention grabbing content. We can't keep up with you. Right. And then, and, and then on TikTok, let's go to TikTok because you grab attention in different ways on TikTok. You've yes. used, you've used women yeah. uh, as far as uh, models to take photos. Mm -hmm. uh, I agree with it too. We've done it in, in multiple ways. Um, so using visual, uh, especially people and good looking people is, is eye catching. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, detailers, I don't know how detailers could use good looking women to market their brand. Yeah. I, I don't know, unless unless they just have them there and around other, you know, maybe they're trying to market towards men that are 40 mm -hmm. that have some good money, but are single. Oh, maybe. Right. Those, if they could get that divert and then also narrowed in the same way, they could use diversification of what you're doing, but also just the eye catching of where you hop into stuff and you, you throw something out or you've done uh, where you've replied to people's yes. videos. With, right. So, so that's eye catching. Right. So uh, walk us through on TikTok the different eye catching things that, that you like and recommend for detailers. Um, I like 15 second videos. Those grab a lot of attention. Uh, stuff that's going on current grabs a lot of attention. And mainly the speed, the content. People, they, they create a video on TikTok and then they say, oh, nobody watched this. And then they give up. When in reality, I am creating TikTok content every day. I have to create 10 to 15 videos before one goes over 500,000 views. Okay, so I got to produce a lot of content before just one video takes off. And everybody who's watching this has to know that they have to produce a lot of content before their stuff is going to take off. It's not just going to take off overnight. It just won't, you know. Um, you got to just keep going with it and, and also collabing with other people. You know, I actually, um, uh, a friend of mine, his name's Vic. He runs a TikTok called The Good Boss. He has almost 300,000 followers on TikTok. And he drove, he flew from Boston to California, had a custom dog house built in California, loaded it on a truck, and then drove it to Idaho from California to drop it off at this guy, his name's Dogface420 on TikTok, the guy who was drinking the cranberry juice. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't, huh? You don't, you don't know the, the, the viral video with the guy on the skateboard and he was drinking the cranberry juice? Well, oh, a very no, and he was just kind of chilling as he rolled. Uh, maybe he was longboarding. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, just and real he, slow and he was just yeah. chill. Yeah. And it was to a Fleetwood Mac song. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. Yes. So they drove the, the doghouse. He drove, he came out here, had a doghouse built, rented a truck, drove it from California to Idaho just to give that guy the doghouse so that potentially he would get more views on TikTok or more followers on TikTok, potentially. That's some diversification as well. Did it play out to get a lot? Maybe. Kind I don't of. know, but detailers could find stuff in their local community yes. and it doesn't necessarily, and here's, here's, a, here's a fine line that I want to be careful on. Mm -hmm. I don't ever recommend you, you find somebody that needs something as in need, and then you use self-proclamation of you giving them something. Yes. Right? I, yeah. I don't think that is right whatsoever, but something like a doghouse or something that's maybe funny, or, you know, maybe somebody likes wine and you show up with some wine. Like it doesn't have to be so like somebody just in dire need. And then yeah. you got to be there going, Oh, look at me. I'm so great. Right. Yeah. I, I would, I wouldn't think that at all. Um, all right. So that's eye catching. We definitely know Greg Masterson and, and your brand is eye catching. There's no doubt that detailers should learn from that and be eye catching in their local community and any way that they can grab eye catching attention, it will overall help your brand uh, on a local level. And that's what we're trying to do. It's help detailers grow 
a business on their local level. Uh, so the other way of doing it, uh, I'm a big fan of, as, as we've played very host to multiple education, it's been a main platform of the podcast uh, is, you know, the most informational and entertaining, but you know, it's, it's that information. It's the education that, you know, we specifically feel as being in the industry, you know, 19 plus years uh, and running a detailing business for that whole time also diversifying into other into car washing and then you know now chemical sales and all that we do um the the idea of not giving good information and not giving education for free yes right so so the difference is that there's some and this is just how we and myself feel different than others in the industry those of you that are are the other way i understand why you chose that way we chose free education, free information. I've always felt that, you know, the more I give to the community, and that was even here as, as, a, as a detailer, and then here as a detail trainer, as we started training dealerships, training detail shops, training locals on how to build their business, I gave away all these events and all this stuff for free, because I've always felt that education really helped my business grow long-term because I have plenty of customers that are basically getting what they need from myself and what I've gone through. And, and so then as a guide to help them in their journey, I never wanted to charge for that information. I always yeah. thought that was the best way of growing. Yeah, that is true. I, yeah. do, I do agree with that, man. I give a lot of information out there for free. We put a lot of videos out there. Uh, on our YouTube channel. If anybody's watching this, check out our YouTube channel. It's Masterson's Car Care on YouTube. We put out a lot of free knowledge where you don't have to pay anything for the knowledge. And what I like giving out is I like giving a lot, a, out a lot of free knowledge online. And then if somebody likes our knowledge and they love, they love what we're teaching and they want to come out and work hands-on with us, we can do that at a, at a small charge. It's a, very, it's a very low charge. The knowledge is out there and they can watch it, absorb it, use it to their advantage. And then if they wanna come out here and take a training with us, get hands-on, um, uh, you know, our time is valuable and uh, we're giving our time to them. And so, uh, you know, we usually charge a small fee on that, but it's and, and all good. Yeah. I've, I've said openly, like people choose however they want to. I just, that's just the way I choose. So, um, yeah. the, the, the idea though is here's what I think is, it can be very applicable for detailers is what you just said, right. Is could detailers host trainings? Yeah, they could or customers, not other detailers. Right. This is this is where I think detailers get a mix up. Right. And it, and it could be that that's just where they want to go in their career. And if that's the way they want to diversify, we're on, everybody runs their own business the way they want to. Um, but could could a detailer open up trainings for potential customers or car clubs or educate people on how to properly clean their own car? It, could that then grow? To where people go, oh man, that's a lot of work. I don't know that I could do that. I would just rather pay the professional who taught me. They, right? they do. They, they, there is a chance to do that. I feel that's a chance. Well, that's if you look at YouTube, right? How did YouTube grow so fast? It was so much of the DIY, asking questions. How do you this? Right? People would watch and consume, and then they would try and go do it on their own. And then you know that's just a good way of marketing. Uh, go ahead. What, what were you going to say? Um, I was actually going to say, you know the the 
training hosting is great. If you have a facility to be able to do that, like a shop, your shop detail, you got that. But once you train the customers, they're going to want to know the products used in it. And that's where I think the product sales connects. I mean, and that is a good, you're right. I mean, that is one way of having, there are detailers that have now started selling people's, you know, brand of products. And yeah, that, that is a, no doubt. What yeah. about education on, on, on social though? Because if we're talking about that and, you know, it could still tie into the products and it could still tie into everything, but how do, how do detailers do education on social without, you know, people coming in because there's still concerns with, you know, there is one side of hosting these trainings or being person to person. It's not everywhere in the country that that's open. So, so maybe we do educational stuff online. How does it, how does a detailer do education online? I think it's, they would tell the story of why they were cleaning the car yeah, for yeah. the customer. Like the customer. what did that customer need? And then how you solve that need. So you, you, you educate on a problem mm -hmm. and then how you as a company solve that problem. What ideas do you think you could come up with that uh, detailers could solve problems for, you know? You could, there's so many uh, uh, ideas. You could just any type, any need that customers have uh, or that a customer online is asking, you could you could solve that problem. Like a good one is odor elimination. Hey, my there car you go. smells. There you go. And and how do I get that smell out? Yeah. Uh, a detailer can make a quick video. Hey, do you know how to? Um, do you know? Does your car smell? But you can't come to us. Let me show you how to get eliminate that smell. And the reason I say that is because on social, you're when you're a detailer and you're detailing as a service, you only have a service area, an area that you service. If you're in Los Angeles, you can't service New York. But if you make a video showing somebody how to eliminate odor from their car, that video might get seen in New York. And then how are you going to service that customer? You have to service them with the product. That's the only way I can see the service happening. You, you, you don't have to just service them with the actual work. You can service them with their needs, with their product. And so that's why um, if you use a product in any of your videos, I'd recommend to sell that product. Call up the company that makes that product. Say, hey, I'm going to use this in my video. I'd like to see if I get some wholesale pricing. Maybe if it's even 20% discount, 30% discount, it's better than zero. <laughs> One's yeah. more than zero, always. Com and completely agree. That's why we found it really, well, sad um, that detailers will put another company's brand over their own brand on Facebook or Instagram. You know, it was a big deal when people were going to SEMA last year, you know, they'd put coding company brand as their, you know, their big uh, backdrop of their Facebook page. And it's like, did you get anything off of that? Because I, I sure hope you did. And that's, I say that to go off of your point, like, we, we recommend from our company side too, but we have a referral program. It's called a builder program. And it actually gives detailers that put out codes that they actually get commissions. They get paid back in, in either cash or product. You know, it's, well, check, not cash, but you know what I mean? Like it, it's a way that they can promote what they use and then still try and get, instead of just promoting just to tell people about something and they'll never get any rewards off of it. So good call. All right. So engagement will be the last one and let's finish up on engagement. Uh, ways that detailers can engage on social, right? Because you've done eye catching and, and we've got attention. Um, you know, we've done education, but how do we actually go engage with 
prospects or with customers on social? Uh, you know, the gauging, answering questions, reaching yeah. out, messaging. That's yeah. the number one thing. If, if, if you can't respond to every single post, question, comment, you know, it's, it's super important. Even if the comments are negative, still respond to them. You know what I mean? Like, I'll give you an example. I saw a house on Craigslist. I see houses or not on Craigslist on Facebook. I see houses all the time on Facebook for some reason, like just send it to me. And this house was like a $1.6 million house, but it looked like garbage. <laughs> and, I, and I literally told the, I, I made a comment on the, cause it was an ad. So this ad, somebody had to pay for this ad of this $1.6 million house to pop up in front of my eye. And so because it popped up in front of my eye and they paid for it, I commented on it. I said, this house is a ripoff. <laughs> like I just said, like, it's so overpriced. Like it's, it's not even, it's not even in the same category of what's in the area. And I didn't get a response from that. Why not? I would have got a response like, hey, you know, if you think it's a ripoff, come check it out. You know, maybe we can change your mind, right? But I, we didn't get any response for it. So the, the thing about social media is you will get negative comments. The majority of comments on social media are negative, but it's good to respond to them. And, and because it, it, it increases your engagement. If you respond to a comment, every, all the friends of whoever made that comment see it. And then all the friends of you see it. So if that person has 2,000 friends and you have 3,000 friends, potentially you have an audience of 5,000 people. And, and it costs you zero. So you might as well uh, respond to every single comment because it's going to put, it's going to raise your numbers of likelihood of having good stuff happen. And it's all, yeah. it's all a numbers game. <laughs> so yeah, de definitely great. I mean, it, instead of just, if you build it, they will come actually go out and engage with people on what they're doing in their life. How not so much sales, right? Not so much. Oh, Hey, you know, we could come do your car when you're, you know, at yoga. No, you say stuff like, Oh, I hope your yoga session was great. You know, what, have you found anything new that you like, you know, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. could do all kinds of stuff around your customer base and hopefully your customer base is diversified, right? Hopefully you haven't pigeonholed yourself as a detailer into only one specific customer. Hopefully you got different types of customers. And so you would go find them and where they're at in their life and then just engage with them, right? That's, that's community. That's how you build an overall brand is yeah. that people begin to understand you, you really actually do care. Yeah. And when you care, you engage. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Greg, thank you as always for your time, man. Uh, really a lot of great information to put out today, uh, on diversification. It is no doubt 100% that, you know, when people teach do not diversify and only do one thing, well, no doubt, Greg, thank you for helping us understand that that is another part of the scam. So, uh, <laughs> must be diversified. We definitely must be. So thanks again, Greg, enjoy your day. And, uh, we'll see you again next week. Thank you very much, Pints and Polishing Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. All right, man. Peace. Episode over. Leave us a review and we will see you on the Community Pub Wednesday nights at 730 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918-800-1188. That's the Community Pub 
Wednesday nights, 7.30 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918-800-1188. Grab a pint and enjoy.